And the employment hour is back. The number is one 821 5900 or Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com to reach us through email. All kinds of stuff to cover today. We always start, though, with the uh, the immediate, and that is the week that was. Yeah, that's right, uh, John, and happy to be back here always. Uh, glad that uh, I have an opportunity to come and talk about employment law, workplace rights. Uh, you know, everyone has a job. Everyone uh, wants to know what the truth is and their rights. So we're here to talk about it, here to tell you the truth. And the uh, week that was, always start off with a couple of situations that I saw in the, uh, in the previous week where I think there's some important lessons to be learned. Uh, and the first situation, again, but th- both of these situations, by the way, were matters that were resolved in the previous uh, week. And the first one involved a temporary layoff. Mm-hmm. So what happened in this situation, uh, uh, the lady that I represented that contacted me when she was laid off temporarily and she wanted to know what her rights are. What I told her, of course, is that a layoff, a temporary layoff, is a termination, which means she doesn't have to accept it. She could treat that as a termination and get her severance. And that's exactly what we did. Now, once we notified the employer and we said to the employer, uh, you know, we, uh, you've terminated her, pay her severance, the employer said, well, no, no, come back to work and, and, and everything will be fine. And she, she actually was willing to go back to work. She said, okay, if the employer is going to... Uh, bring me back to work. As long as I get paid for the three months I've already been off work, then I'll go back to work. So I contacted the employer and I said, well, tell you what, she'll go back to work, or at least she'll consider it, if you pay her for the three Mm -hmm. months that she's been off work and also pay her a little contribution towards the legal fees that she's had to incur because you've laid her off temporarily. And they said, absolutely not. No, she can come back to work, but we're not going to pay her a dime for the three months that she's been off. So my client decided, well, I'm not going to go back to work in this situation because it's unfair. I've already been off work for three months. They're not going to pay me. So we, we started a claim for wrongful dismissal. We resolved it this week. It took about 60 days to resolve. Uh, and she got her full severance, which for her was 12 months pay and her legal fees uh, paid for. And, you know, that employer could have resolved it much easier. She could have gone back to work. She would have uh, been happy to do it. All they had to do is just pay her for the time that she no was kidding. off. Instead, they ended up paying her 12, severance, uh, 12 months severance. They paid for her legal fees. They paid their own legal fees. Uh, you know, so employers really should know better. And, and the lesson for employees, as I've said 100 times before, is a temporary layoff is a termination. A temporary layoff is something that an employer cannot do. Uh, if you've been laid off temporarily, you can treat that as a termination and get your severance. And you may want to do that because if you don't do it... and you do end up going back to work. You just give the right the, to the employer to do it again and again and again. Uh, and certainly that's not something you want. It takes away job security. So uh, remember that. And in this case, it resolved quickly and on very, very good terms for this lady. And you know that happens every day. People accept, quote unquote, layoffs and sit back for two months, three months. Well, right? I, know, I know it happens every day because I get calls like that yeah. every day. There's really nothing unique about this situation. Uh, and, and, you know, people and employers don't necessarily do that to be bad guys. They believe that they can. Mm-hmm. There's one of these misconceptions. We can lay someone off temporarily and maybe at some point bring them back except that's wrong. A temporary layoff, unless there's a history of doing that, is a termination. Therefore, severance is required to be paid right away. What else happened this week? So the other matter, very interesting matter uh, that we resolved this week. I actually worked on this matter with uh, Sivan Tumark and my partner, who also hosts the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Uh, what happened in this matter, uh, the, the lady that we were working with had been on a disability leave for two years. And after two years, her long-term disability insurer said, well, we're going to cut you off. We think you can go back to work. The old two-year mark, Uh, huh? The two-year mark. And even though her doctor was telling her she can't go back to work. And when when this happened, when the insurance company said that, her employer said, well, if you don't come back to work, we'll consider you to have resigned. 
And she obviously couldn't go back to work because her doctor was telling her no. So the employer said, you've resigned. See you later. The insurance company mm-hmm. is saying to her, uh, you're, you're, you're off. And she was in a very difficult situation. So she contacted us, and I was dealing with her employer. Sivan was dealing with her insurance company, and we resolved the whole thing uh, this week. And, and here's what happened. From the employment perspective, uh, the employer cannot treat her as having resigned if her doctor is saying she cannot work. It doesn't matter what the insurance company says. If your doctor, as the employee says, yeah, you cannot work, you have a right to be off work. And if you don't come back to work, that's not a resignation. So that's one thing. So because that was a termination, we were able to negotiate severance for her, which was right around 10 months pay, uh, which is what uh, what she was owed. On the other hand, the insurance company cut her off before it should have. So we also negotiated about $250,000 on account of the disability benefits that she should have received had she stayed on in, potentially into the future. So she was in a very difficult situation when she contacted us, out of a job, uh, no insurance, no compensation whatsoever, wow. while still unable to work. We resolved these issues uh, fairly quickly within uh, less than six months and uh, on very good terms. And the only reason I'm I'm telling you this is because a lot of our listeners, John, are going to find themselves in that situation, uh, unable to work and either getting a hard time from Mm -hmm. their employer, from their insurance company, or from both. So the message is you can do something about it. Absolutely. These issues are not difficult to resolve. Uh, the law does protect you. And we've we've said this as well on Savannah show that, uh, you know, that doctor's letter is the trump card. I mean, they say you can't work, you can't work. That's it. And, and an employer cannot question that. Uh, and there's nothing that an employer can do to say, well, we don't agree with that. So definitely come back to work. If your doctor is saying you cannot work, guess what? You can be on a medical leave of absence. Your employer can't punish you, can't fire you, can't uh, tell you that you've resigned. They have to allow you to go uh, on leave and take you back when you're ready to return. I want to remind this uh, uh, for everybody before we take our first break, and that is severance pay calculator. Yeah, and you know, if you lose your job, doesn't matter if it's your one year on disability or when you're not, if it's a restructuring, uh, cost cutting, they, they let you go because they want to hire the employer's cousin, you are owed compensation. You are owed severance. And the first place you go to when you lose your job for any reason is severancepaycalculator.com. You find out there exactly how much you're owed. You input your age, your position, and the type of job, and it's going to tell you how many months pay you're owed. You can compare that with what you've actually been offered. Mm-hmm. If it's fine, great, it's fine. If it's not fine, you know you have a problem. You can contact me if you want. Severancepaycalculator.com. Let's make that the very first place anyone goes to if you they bet. lose their job. Wonderful tool. We'll uh, get to that to answer some questions, and we'll get into the topic of the top mistakes individuals make. Compromising their legal rights. This is a good one. Stick around for it. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and Lee or L I O R at employmenthour.com. The employment hour continues on Talk Radio AM six forty and AM nine hundred CHML. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred will get you a hold of Lior right away, as will Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a few emails as the uh, the broadcast here continues. The top mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. You are gonna love this first one. You can make a career on it, contacting the Ministry of Labor. Yeah, and wow. you know, time permitting, we'll talk about it a bit more at length later in the show, John. But it is probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, people mistake people make. Certainly, they make that mistake when they lose their job. So, and I say it's a mistake, but it's actually a natural mistake to make. You've lost your job. You would think, why can't I contact the Ministry of Labor, the Labor Board? They'll tell me what I'm owed. They'll help me make sure I get what I'm owed. 
Well, you know, as natural as that may seem, that's not the way it is, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And I've talked about this, and I'll continue to talk about this as long as I have a mic in front of me. Uh, and the Ministry of Labor cannot help you, not when you lose your job. The Ministry of Labor can only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements. The Ministry of Labor can only help you enforce your minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements. And the difference, the the, the delta between your minimum entitlements and your full entitlements is huge. It's yeah. significant. Often it could be tens of thousands of dollars. It could be hundreds of thousands of dollars. And if you call the Ministry of Labor and you ask them, what should I get after three years of employment? They'll say three weeks pay. Where in reality, you probably owed six months pay, maybe eight months pay. So that's wrong. And how do you compromise your legal rights if you actually file a complaint with yeah, the Ministry of Labor? Once you put pen to paper like that, you're done, right? You are done. So you, you lost your job. Your employer didn't pay you anything. So you file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. Uh, uh, and then guess what happens? They can help you get your, your, your a week's pay for every year of service, which is a fraction of what you're owed. But because you file that complaint, you can't withdraw it. You can't then go back and say, wait a second. Now I realize that I'm owed more money. Therefore, I'm going to talk to Leo and have Leo pursue my entitlements. Once you file a complaint, you're stuck in that process and you've just given up uh, thousands of dollars or maybe tens of thousands that you're owed. So very important, John. If you lose your job, you cannot under any circumstances, appeal for help to the Ministry of Labor, not because I say so, because by doing that, you are compromising your legal rights. one 821 5900 and Lior at We're talking about the top mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. This is a good one as well. You know, you lose your job and, oh, your Uncle Bob, he knows all about, uh, you know, employment law. He knows what you should get. Yeah, and I see this all the time. Well, you know, my uncle once was uh, let go. He lost his job uh, 15 years ago. I'm going to call my uncle and get some advice or, uh, you know, my, my aunt used to work in HR. Let me call right. my aunt. Uh, and uh, Or, you know, maybe I'll go online and see what someone says on a message board. Even worse. Even worse. Listen, look at it this way, John. If you were sick and you had a serious medical condition, you know, you, you wouldn't talk to your Uncle Bob that one time uh, had a medical condition as well and say, hey, do I need surgery? Yeah. You're going to speak with a professional, a doctor, a surgeon, etc., to find out what your condition is and what help you need. It's the same thing when it comes to your employment law rights. You have to get proper legal advice. It, it goes without saying. And the problem with getting the wrong advice is if you get the wrong advice from your Uncle Bob, and if you don't know that's the wrong advice, what are you, you going to do then? You're going to proceed on that basis not knowing that, wait a second, uh, I should have gotten a lot more. And what are you going to do then? Complain to your Uncle Bob for giving you bad advice. So I see this all the time. People hear my show and they uh, come back to me and say, can you help me, Lior? I, I didn't know better. I took advice from someone that didn't know what they were talking about two years ago, a year ago, and I signed off. Can you help me? And the answer is no, I can't help you. You've compromised your legal rights. You've signed off on an agreement that you shouldn't have signed. Uh, and by then it's too late. So if you're going to get legal advice from anyone, make sure it's someone that knows what they're doing from a, a professional that specializes in that area. Uh, your Uncle Bob may be very uh, smart and knowledgeable, but unless he is an employment lawyer, mm-hmm. you cannot get legal advice from him with respect to your employment legal rights. How about, uh, you know, you got some pressure going on. You've got the package in front of you, HR is there, and you sign something, an agreement without knowing exactly what you're signing. Yeah, you know, probably the most common call that I get after I do a show here uh, on on the radio is people calling me saying, well, you know, where were you two weeks ago when I signed off on this agreement? Right. And I ask, well, you know, why, why did you sign off? Why why you, you, you were let go? Why did you sign off? Well, I didn't know any better or I thought that I had no choice. 
uh, or my employer put some pressure on me. The problem is once you sign off on a severance agreement, irrespective of why you did it, for the most part, you can't get out of it. You can't do anything about it. And most agreements, most severance uh, offers are significantly deficient. Most of them provide for a lot less than what the individual is mm-hmm. actually owed, usually to to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. And if you don't know any better and you sign off on, on that, guess what? You've, you've, you're done. There's not much I could do for you. The time to get legal advice when you lose your job is before you sign off on the severance agreement. And most people are going to feel intimidated. There's a deadline. You know, we need you to sign by Friday or we need you to sign by Monday. And wait a second, I got to do this because Friday is tomorrow. And, and you know, what, what do I do if I don't sign? Remember, John, that deadline is meaningless. Your legal rights don't expire Friday or Monday or any day. You have two years to pursue your legal rights. And it's very important to get that legal advice, even if it means going beyond that deadline. Nothing happens if you don't sign it by that deadline. So probably one of the main ways that individuals compromise their employment legal rights is by accepting a severance offer, not knowing any better, not realizing that what they're signing is completely deficient Please don't do that. And a lot of the times your company, especially big and more knowledgeable companies, will say, go seek out legal advice, or they, they know you're going to go seek ex- exactly that. It's not pressure. Just go do it. Yeah, you, you should do it. And in fact, most good employers are going to encourage you to right. seek legal advice and give you that opportunity. But even if you don't, you're not encouraged, and even if you feel the pressure to sign, you should still get legal advice. It's easy. Start with the severance calculator. You know, totally. you don't want to talk to me? Fine. Don't talk to me. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. At least do something you have to do yeah. to find out uh, what your rights are. It's it's probably the worst time to compromise your legal rights when you lost your job. You don't have any income. You don't know how long it's going to take you to find another job. That's when you lose. You want to lose tens of thousands of dollars? <laughs> right. Holy cow. Not a good idea. Yeah. Severancepaycalculator.com, a good place to start. Once your jaw drops, you pick it up off the floor, <laughs> then they can give you a call and find out what's what. Uh, 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. Lots more of the show coming up right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. This is the Employment Hour. The number is 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. We've been talking about the last segment. We'll continue with this. The top mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. Making assumptions as to their status as, oh, we love this one, independent contractor. Yeah, you know, very, very, very common. We've talked about this on the show. We had calls on the show and emails on the show. Uh, from uh, quote-unquote independent contractors. And people assume that just because they've been treated or called themselves independent contractors, that in the eyes of the law, they're independent contractors. And that's important because when it comes to severance, if you're an independent contractor, you may not get any severance. If you're not an independent contractor, you you do get severance. And obviously, uh, that, that could be huge. The, the thing to remember, of course, is that the law really couldn't care less what you call yourself. The law is going to look at the reality on the ground, substance over form. So the law may consider you to be an employee, even though you're calling yourself an independent contractor. Maybe you have a company that's incorporated and you invoice someone uh, and they don't pay your taxes, you pay your own taxes. The law doesn't care about that. The law looks at the actual relationship. Do you have regular hours? Do you work full-time hours? Have you worked for a long period of time? Where do you work from? Do you work from home or from the company's offices? Who controls what you do? Those are all the things that the law is going to look at to determine whether you're an employee or an independent contractor. So please, don't ever, ever assume you're an independent contractor just because that's what you think or that's what you've called yourself. You lost your job. 
and you may actually, in the eyes of the law, be an employee and mm-hmm. get full severance. A lot of people assume, well, you know, it's, I've been an independent contractor. I don't get severance, so I'm going to move on and do nothing. That's a, a surefire way to compromise and give up your legal rights. Yeah, compromising those legal rights, that's what we're talking about, especially crunch time. We, uh, we talked about this before and not signing right away and seeking legal advice. Well, how about signing a severance letter without understanding what they're actually owed? Yeah, and, you know, very, very common. All these misconceptions out there, John, people believe that it's a week's pay for a year of service and, and, or some other formula. Uh, and people sign severance letters on that basis. So you can't do that. You you can't make assumptions because almost always those assumptions are wrong. Be careful who you get your legal advice from. Uh, you, you know, you, you wouldn't uh, buy a house for uh, $800,000 or sell a house for $800,000 unless you knew what the market was, what the actual prices sure. were. If I'm going to offer to buy your house for $800,000, you're not just going to accept that unless you know that's a good price. You're going to do your research. You're going to find out what the market uh, is in the area. You're going to talk to a real estate agent to tell you, hey, is that a good price I'm getting? Because it's their business. Yeah. Maybe the house is worth $1.5 million and you're selling it for 800000 Wait a second. That's, that's just crazy. Well, it's the same thing when it comes to sevens. Why are you going to accept two months pay as an example, uh, a severance, if you really should be getting eight months pay? No reason for that. The only way you would do that is because you don't know any better. Well, now you know better. So you lost your job. You call me. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. How about this? Waiting too long to do something about changes to the terms of your employment. Yeah. And, you know, uh, why is that a problem? Well, when an employer changes the terms of your employment in a significant way, maybe it's a a um, pay reduction, maybe it's a demotion, a relocation. At that time, you have a choice to make, and the choice is as follows. You can accept that change and continue working, or you can treat that as a constructive dismissal. You would then leave and require the company to pay you your full severance. But there's a window there to make uh, that, that decision, that choice. If you just continue working, it doesn't matter what you wanted to do, what you intended to do, you've deemed to have accepted it. So your employer decreased your pay by uh, 20%, you continue working, you know, let's say you've done this now for a month or two, you're then considered to have accepted that. And why is that a problem? Well, it's a problem, number one, because now you can't do anything about it. But beyond that, by allowing the employer to do that, you've created this history now, this precedent, and now you've given, given them the right to do this again and again and again. So that's exactly how you compromise your legal position, position uh, your legal rights, by allowing your employer to make changes that they otherwise wouldn't be allowed to do. That's a recipe for disaster. If I reduce your pay by 20% now and you accept it, you can't stop me a month wow. from now after doing it, from doing it again and again and again until there's nothing left. So please don't do that. Don't compromise your legal positions. If your employer makes significant changes to your, uh, your employment, we need to deal with this right now. You can't decide to deal with it later. It has to be now. How about something we talked about with the week that was, and that uh, allow employer to lay them off temporarily? Yeah. And you know the problem is, as I've said uh, at the top of the show, that a temporary layoff is a termination. So if you, uh, you've been laid off temporarily, that is something that you can treat as a termination now and require the employer now to pay you your severance. If you don't do that, then if you allow the employer to to continue and call you back to work and you go back to work, well, now you've given them a right to do this again in the future. So if uh, they laid you off for two months and six months uh, later they want to lay you off again and six months later they want to lay you off again and round and round we go, 
you can't do anything about it at that time because you did it the first time. Right. You let them get away with it the first time. So what, what did you just do? You've compromised your legal rights. Your legal rights were such that you didn't have to let them get away with it, but once you did, now they can do it again and again. So remember, with a temporary layoff, you may want to deal with it now. It's a termination. An employer cannot lay you off temporarily, legally, without paying you severance. So if you're in that situation and you're hearing our, hearing our show right now, Give us a call. Uh, call me at the office. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. For God's sakes, get some advice. 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. I'm going to read an email as soon as we uh, get back from the break, and we'll finish out these mistakes and compromising your legal rights. And then we'll get into this one. Love this. The Ministry of Labor strikes again. Always a hot topic on this show, the Employment Hour. We'll take that quick break. Hang on. Lots more coming up right here on AM640 and AM 900 CHML. The Employment Hour right here on AM640 and AM900 CHML. Lior's number, one 821 5900 and at employmenthour.com. That is the email that we got uh, Boris writing into. says, uh, I've asked for pay raise because I had not received one in years. And my boss said, no, I resigned and left. Uh, an hour later, I called my boss and told him that uh, I don't want to resign and I want to come back to work. He said that the company has already accepted my resignation. Sorry, you're out the door. Can I do anything? You know, interesting. I actually have had probably this exact scenario three or four times, uh, you know, in the last ten years, where someone gets upset over the, uh, with their boss over compensation. I don't think you're you're fair. I don't think I'm getting enough of a raise or enough of a bonus. That said, I'm out of here. Blow their stack and out uh, they go. Yeah, and only to realize, you know, what did I just do? I need this job. I I don't have another one. I got to go back to work. So, Boris, here's the answer. If you contacted your employer right away, uh, then that and they refuse to allow you to come back to work. That is no longer a resignation. That is now a termination. Your comments about leaving, resigning is in the heat of the moment. When you say something like that in the heat of the moment, there's a window there where you can take it back. Certainly a day, a couple of days, no problem, you can take it back. And if your employer is trying to hold you to it, well, no, we heard you say the word resignation, so you're gone, uh, then that becomes a termination. So, Boris, from the sounds of it, based on what you said in the email, your employment now has been terminated. The good news is you're owed severance. Uh, because if this was really a resignation, John, then Boris wouldn't be entitled to anything. He would have resigned and he doesn't get anything at all. But because now it was in the heat of the moment, he, he went back right away and said, no, no, this was just you know not something I wanted to do. I want to come back to work immediately. Now he's been terminated. He gets full severance based, again, on his age, mm-hmm. position, and length of his employment. So, Boris, you and I need to have a chat. Uh, call me after the show. Uh, let, let's uh, make sure we get you that severance. one 821 5900 is that number. Ministry of Labor, how about this? We've talked uh, at length in the past about how the Ministry of Labor is Oh, pretty much misleading people. Remind us of what people should should understand about that ministry. You know, I really can't emphasize this enough because every single day, John, every day, employees contact the Ministry of Labor when they lose their job. And, and you know, I, I'm, I shudder to think how many times a day this happens, uh, five days a week, uh, you know, 52 weeks a year. So that's just, that, that's scary. That That's a huge number. And that's a problem, as I've said earlier in the show. Because when you contact the Ministry of Labor, you're going to get the wrong advice when it comes to termination. Not because they're trying to hurt you. Not because they're doing anything deliberate. Because the Ministry of Labor can and only will advise with respect to your minimum entitlements. Mm -hmm. And that's a fraction of your entitlements. Let me give you, let's put it differently. Uh, If you uh, uh, are an engineer, you know, making $50,000 a year, just as an example, uh, and you contact the Ministry of Labor and say, hey, is that appropriate? They'll say, well, it's more than minimum wage. You know, minimum wage is eleven twenty-five an hour, right. so that's fine. Sure. But, you know, what if really that's completely inappropriate? 
It's kind of the same thing when it comes to severance. Your entitlements are a lot greater than the minimums. Every employee has greater entitlements than the minimum based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. And if you call the Ministry of Labor and they tell you the wrong thing, not knowing any better, John, you're going to accept the severance offer that's inadequate because the Ministry of Labor told you it was good. So you can't do that. You absolutely and should never, ever, ever do that. Uh, I really uh, encourage you to to get proper legal advice. Go to the severance calculator at severancepaycalculator.com. Get the right information. I understand that you recently had a call from another person who got bad advice from the ministry. Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, and, and this was very, very frustrating uh, for me. And let me tell you what happened here. So uh, this, this gentleman had worked for a small company for six years. Uh, he was in, uh, in a sales position for them. Uh, 52 years old, and he lost his job because you know the company had to get rid of a couple of salespeople that just weren't doing very well, uh, and they, they let him go, and uh, they offered him eight weeks pay. Yep. So what did he do? He contacted the Ministry of Labor, and they said, well, because it's a small company, really all you're owed is six weeks pay. Therefore, they've offered you eight weeks. That's a good deal, right? So it, it is what it is. So, so he was uh, content to uh, to do that. But then he heard uh, heard us on on the radio, and he called me, and he said, "Well, this is what the Ministry of Labor is telling me. I, I should only get six. They've offered me eight. Right. That's good. What do you think?" So I told him, "Well, no. Your full entitlements, based on your age, position, and length of employment, for you is about nine months pay." So when I said that, there was silence on the, on the line. Literally for about 15 seconds, there was silence. I actually had to make sure that he's still on passed there. Passed out. Yeah, maybe it passed out. Uh, and then we got into a discussion. He asked me to explain to him why the discrepancy. Why is the Ministry of Labor selling, telling him six weeks and I'm telling him nine months? And we talked and I explained it to him, just like I explained it on the radio now a few minutes ago. Uh, but he couldn't, he couldn't wrap his head around it. He just couldn't accept that what the Ministry of Labor is telling him is so vastly different than what I'm telling him. Because that's a government. Why would they be wrong? Well, it, well but, right? it's, but it's the Ministry of Labor. And you know, it's not like I contacted uh, you know, the Ministry of Immigration. You know, you'd think that's what they do. And he even said to me, if you were telling me you're nine weeks instead of six weeks, I can wrap my head around that. But you're telling me nine yeah. months it's instead a large of chasm six weeks. he couldn't. So, so I, I think he thought that maybe... I'm being somewhat dishonest, that I'm, I'm trying to give him some false information so that he can retain me. And he decided not to proceed and accept his eight weeks pay. Oh, and man, that was frustrating. I mean, I, I was thinking about that for days after. You know, Maybe there was something I could have done to explain things better to him. I, I really don't know. Uh, and so I, I don't want any of our listeners, I don't want anyone to ever be in that situation because, you know, this gentleman was making about $60,000 a year. He probably lost out in, on, you know, over $35,000 uh, by by not actually taking my advice. So remember, the Ministry of Labor can only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements. They cannot advise you with respect to your, your full entitlements. So uh, please, when I give you my assessment or when you go to the severance calculator and, and you find out how much you owed, that's the truth. Not because I said so. That's what the law provides for you. And the Ministry of Labor, unfortunately, cannot do that, cannot advise you that way. So give us a call anytime. 1-855-821-5900 is that number. And Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We'll get to another email as soon as we come back from a short break right here in the Employment Hour. Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com is the email. Martin writes in and says, I'm, um, I am an employer. I have an employee that is consistently late. I warned him many times about this. I decided to let him go for cause, 
But before I was able to do that, he went on disability leave. Now what do I do? Uh, interesting uh, situation here. It seems like uh, Martin may have a, a, a tricky employee on his hands. So here's the problem. You know, he was going to let uh, Martin go. And uh, so no one could have blamed him if he was late. And, you know, it, it is what it is. By the way, he may not have been caused in any event. But let's assume he was going to let him go without cause mm-hmm. and pay him his severance. The problem is that he didn't do that, and now uh, now the employee's on a disability leave. So if Martin lets him go now, despite the fact that this has nothing to do with the disability leave, it makes it look like he's letting him go because he went off on disability leave. So you were fine, you were working, then you go on a disability leave and I fire you. So by by doing that, it seems like he's almost picking on the employee because he went on on a disability leave, which would be a human rights violation. So even though I know that's not what Martin's thinking. The best advice I can give here is this. Uh, he's on a leave now. Let him stay on a leave until he gets better. When he gets better, come back. let him come back to work and then manage his attendance. Right. Give him a letter saying, here's what's expected of you. If you're going to be late again, you know, you may face consequences and see if, See what happens then. If he continues to be late, then you can let him go potentially. You've distanced yourself from the disability leave. The problem with letting him go right now is it looks like you're picking on him because of the disability leave. You may then find yourself with a human rights complaint uh, on your hands. Uh, Not a good idea. And the point is, uh, you keep making, is that when employers are going to do this, they have to build up a record, right? They have to, before yeah. they just pull the trigger, as you say, and let someone go. So if Martin wants to let the employee go for cause because of his bad attendance, well, here's, the, uh, here's what he needs to do. He needs to make it clear to Martin that if he continues to be late, if he continues not to show up to work on time, he will lose his job. So we do that by providing him warnings, uh, you know, verbal, but written is better because there's a record. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do that by maybe eventually suspending him, saying, well, you know, it's, I've given you opportunities, now I'm going to suspend you for a couple of days. And if the employee still continues and clearly doesn't get it and is unable to, to be at work on time, then you may be able to let him go for cause, in other words, without severance. Right. Now, if you don't want to work that hard, if the employer simply wants to say, you know, this sounds like too much work, I just want to let him go, I don't feel just like... Just want him out. Just be gone with him. Well, that's okay. You can let him go at any time for any reason, but you have to pay severance. Uh, so you, you don't have to build up your case. You can let someone go immediately if you want, but you have to pay them full severance based on their age, their position, and the length of their employment. So for the employees listening to our show, for individuals, if your employer lets you go for cause, supposedly, and did not pay you severance because of something that they say you did, in many cases, the employer pulls the trigger before they should, uh, and in fact, they do owe you severance. So anytime you lose your job without severance, man, it's even more important than to give me a call or certainly go to severancepaycalculator.com. Now, in Martin's case, if he lets that employee go, he's willing to pay him full severance, just wants him out the door, he still cannot do that while he's off on disability, yeah? I wouldn't recommend it. I really wouldn't because it looks like he's letting him go because he's on a disability leave, uh, and that means that potentially it's a human rights issue. I would feel much better if I'm advising Martin that he do that after the employee comes back to work and not immediately after, not the same day or the next day. Distance yourself a bit from the mm-hmm. disability leave, and then if you have to let him go, let him go. So no one can say that you're punishing him because he had the audacity to go on a disability leave. Before we got into that email from Martin, we were talking our discussion about that big ball of fun that is the Ministry of Labor. So for once and for all, let's set the record straight. What do people need to know they're not told by the ministry? 
Yeah, you will not. If you lost your job, you contact the Ministry of Labor. What you will not, in any case, be told is what your full entitlements are. The Ministry of Labor either cannot or will not provide an assessment of what your entitlements are, your full termination and severance entitlements are. So you cannot get that information from them. You will find out what your minimum entitlements are. But in most cases, your minimum entitlements are completely irrelevant. Uh, you know, do you care, John? You, you make more than minimum wage. Do you really care what minimum wage is? Does that impact your life in any way, shape, or form? It doesn't. I mean, if you were a minimum wage employee, then mm-hmm. obviously if you make, you know, ten fifty or eleven fifty, that that's a big deal. But most people, virtually every person has entitlements that are much greater than their minimum severance entitlement. So if the Ministry of Labor tells you what your minimum is, that's great. That's very interesting, but it's not relevant. So when you lost your job, Ministry of Labor can't help you, won't help you, waste of time, and in fact could be dangerous. You call me, you go to severancepaycalculator.com, find out the truth. They did get bad advice. Now that they're hearing this show, they go, oh boy, now what do they do? Yeah, and you know, as you know, John, I had a couple of cases that settled on very good terms uh, where we actually took legal action against the Ministry of Labor uh, because of the bad advice. So what happened in, in, in those cases, the employees were let go and were provided eight weeks uh, pay. Mm-hmm. And they called the Ministry of Labor and they said, yeah, eight weeks is fine, except these were long service employees. They probably would be entitled to anywhere from 18 to 24 months wow. pay. And uh, by the time I spoke with them was a year later, the company is now out of business. So we can't get any recourse from the company. So we started legal action against the Ministry of Labor for the negligent advice. The idea was simple. Because you gave me this bad advice, Ministry of Labor, I ended up giving up my rights. Had you not given me this bad advice, I would have not accepted this offer and I would have gotten my severance. So we, we took legal action against the Ministry of Labor. We settled those cases. Uh, the individuals are happy and, and, and all is well. So if you ever uh, feel that your, uh, your legal rights were compromised because you listened to the Ministry of Labor, give me a call. Let's talk about that. Let's see if there's any recourse here. But ideally, I don't want you to ever be in that situation in the first place. Uh, don't contact the Ministry of Labor. Tell your friends, your family, your neighbors uh, that the only thing they could do is speak with an employment lawyer. Fine. You don't like me? Great. Speak to another employment lawyer. Just don't call the Ministry of Labor. So about a minute left in this segment. Tell us, uh, you know, in what case or when is the Ministry of Labor a good thing to contact? So I've been very, you know, tough on the Ministry of Labor uh, uh, during this show. But really that's when it comes to termination of employment. The Ministry of Labor does have a role and ha- does have the ability to pay, uh, to, to help you get paid in certain situations. When? Well, maybe when there's unpaid wages owed to you. So maybe your employer didn't pay you last week for the salary that, uh, that they owe you. The Ministry of Labor can help you with that. Maybe you didn't get your vacation pay that the employer owes you. Ministry of Labor can absolutely help you with that. Uh, maybe you didn't get paid overtime that you're owed. Again, Ministry of Labor can help you with that. So really, uh, or maybe your employer is making you work too longer hours and mm-hmm. doesn't pay you properly. They can help you with that as well. Anything, for the most part, anything other than termination of employment, the Ministry of Labor is a fine place to go contact and get some advice. Uh, the only thing that they cannot do is advise you with respect to your entitlements on termination of employment. So again, overtime issue, by all means, yes, contact the Ministry of Labor. Uh, termination issue, absolutely not. one 821 5900 and Lior at We'll wrap up this show in the next segment, get to a bunch of emails, answer as many as we can uh, for the remainder of the hour, the Employment Hour, right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.
1-855-821-5900. That is the number here in the Employment Hour to get a hold of Lior. And the email is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a bunch of these to uh, to wrap up this particular show. Sam writes in, says, I just found out that one of my employees who is on parental leave as a new father is actually working somewhere else. Huh. Do I have to take him back at the end of his leave? Yeah, wow. Not 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 cool, not cool at all. And, and the answer is absolutely not. You know, the, the only reason you have to... Uh, as, a, as an employer, to allow an employee to take a parental leave, whether it's a mother or a father, is because they need or they want to spend time with their child. And the law recognizes that need. Uh, and they say, well, you know, if someone wants to take a leave for a certain period of time, you have to allow them and you have to protect their job. You can't fire them. The job is theirs for, uh, for them to take back. On the other hand, if someone took a leave because they wanted to work somewhere else or they wanted to, uh, you know, maybe go back to school, that's not a parental leave. You do not have to keep their job open. So as far as I'm concerned, at that point, uh, either it's a termination for cause because they're not showing up to work or it's a resignation. Either way, I uh, know if, uh, if the father in this case is really not spending time with his child, he's working somewhere else. Yeah, that, that's a big problem and that's not cool. And you absolutely can end the relationship. Matthew Nonara writes in, says, I showed up for work on Friday. I was called into a meeting and was handed a termination letter. No reason was given for letting me go, and when I asked, nothing was said to me. I've been uh, with the company for four years, never had any problems. Can they even do this? Yeah. Probably a very common question that I get, probably one of the most common questions that I get, uh, Matthew. Uh, so so let me answer that question uh, for you. Can they do this? Can they have? You, can they show up to work and let you go and no reason? Unfortunately, yes, they can. They are not required to give a, a reason. They're not re- even required, unfortunately, to have a good reason or uh, an explanation. What they're required to do is give you severance, full severance. As long as they've done that, they've met their obligations. So as unfair as it is in terms of you showing up to work out of the blue, life is good, work is good, all of a sudden, 10 seconds later, you find yourself without a job, that's unfair. And it, you know, even maybe could be unethical and immoral, but from a legal standpoint, it is legal as long as severance is paid. Now, I don't know about too much about Matthew's situation. I know he's worked for four years. I don't know his uh, age and the type of job. But in his case, certainly you're probably looking at no less than six months pay, potentially more. Uh, so uh, if he didn't receive that, he needs to give me a call. And to start off, you can go to severancepaycalculator.com. Because I guess people just think it's, it's shock. Like, how can they just let me go for, for what seemingly is no reason? Well, it makes right. sense. If you're a good employee, you've worked hard, your employers acknowledge your contributions, now they let you go out of the blue, no warning, not even an explanation. I understand why that would be shocking to, to, to mm-hmm. people. It would be to me as well if that happened to me. And and I can't say that that's right because it's not. You know, on, on any uh, humane level, that's not right. But from a legal standpoint, strictly from a legal standpoint, that is legal uh, as long as severance is paid. If uh, your employer, you know, what's the car example, John, that I always use? Yeah, you have a blue car. We prefer people with red cars. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and as long as silly, seven, but silly, ridiculous, no one that I've known has ever done that, <laughs> but absolutely legal as long as severance is paid. So it comes down to how much compensation, where it becomes a wrongful dismissal, John, is when the employer doesn't pay the severance that they owe. Jordan says, I was let go after an employee said that I harassed him. That is not true. And the company didn't to, uh, do any investigation. I was never asked about it. And the, uh, the company, pardon me, is here. I flipped the paper, says it is, uh, it has cause. Man, I get no severance. I don't think that's fair. Is it fair? Well, you know, certainly if, if you didn't do it, if you're not, didn't harass someone, well, obviously you can't be fired for cause for doing something you didn't do. So I'm not so much 
worried about whether or not they investigated or not. I'm more interested to know whether uh, Jordan actually did what they said. If he didn't do it, that's a wrongful dismissal. Even if the company investigated and reached the wrong conclusion, it's still a wrongful dismissal. So uh, yes, the company does have a duty to investigate. They have to interview the the person that's uh, made the allegations as well as the person that's accused of the harassment. Uh, They have to reach a, a conclusion and act accordingly. But if he didn't do it, that's a wrongful dismissal because certainly he cannot be fired for doing something he, he didn't do, at least not for cause. So uh, that said, unfortunately, and, and I get this often, that it doesn't mean that he gets his job back, uh, John. Oh, okay. All it means that is he could get severance. The employer may think that it has cause, but if it doesn't, it has to pay Jordan full severance based on his age, his position, and the length of his employment. Do you find it becomes a lengthy he, sh- uh, he said, she said, and, you know, after a while with these things, how, how do you prove who's, who's right? Sure. Well, except it's the employer that has to prove that the employee did it. If I'm right. firing someone for cause because they've harassed someone, I have to prove that that's the case. The employee doesn't have to disprove it. So the employer has to prove it on what we call on the balance of probabilities. What that means is that it's more likely than not that you did it. That's more than 50% that you did it. So, you know, you need to have a witness. You need to have some other corroborating evidence. So if it's just a strict he said, she said, the employer is probably not going to be able to prove it because they can't prove that it's more likely than not. Remember, the employer always has to prove the allegation. The employee does not have to disprove it. We'll wrap it for another week. In the meantime, you want more information. For instance, you want to know what you'd get uh, in a proper package, a proper, a proper settlement for your uh, severance. It's uh, very simple. Severancepaycalculator.com. Type in some basic information and you will get a number. Don't be surprised. The number is exactly correct. At the bottom, you can tap a button and you can contact Lior directly uh, to further the investigation, as it were. In the meantime, one 821 5900 is Lior's direct number and the email is Lior, L-A-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.